Welcome to another great message by Pastor Adrian Wright, lead pastor at Anchor Church. We pray this message will encourage, inspire, and transform your life. Our heart is to share the hope of Jesus with our city and nation. Today I want to share a message with you to encourage you here at the end of the year. Because I believe that there is more than enough virtue in the grace of God for every season, for every moment, for every challenge, for every obstacle, um, and something that is so much greater than the, the overwhelming sense that we get um, in our own strength that we don't have what it takes. And so I want to share a message with you this morning entitled, The Rush of the Spirit, the rush of the Spirit. I encourage you to bring your Bibles to church, encourage you to take notes and to, and to write this down. The rush of the Spirit. I'm going to look at the life of Samson. We know that Samson had supernatural strength. We know that the Holy Spirit anointed him and that he had this, this ability to overcome the odds with the strength that God gave him. This was something supernatural in his life uh, where God raised up uh, Samson as a judge in a time that Israel was often being oppressed by the nations surrounding them, wanting to overthrow them, wanting to overtake their lands, and God would raise up judges that would defeat the enemies of Israel and lead the nation of Israel on a path of righteousness and, 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 and faithfulness. And so, and so we see this in the Scriptures, and if you've ever read your Bible, if you've ever been to Sunday school, you'll know how great the story of Samson is. Like when he rips the gates of the city right out of their anchors and out of their foundations and chucks them, you know, into the wilderness or, or when he picks up a donkey jawbone and kills like 1,100 soldiers coming against him. He had incredible strength, God-given strength. And there was something that God was saying to us through the life of Samson that I want to look at today, the rush of the Spirit. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Judges, chapter number 14. Judges, chapter 14. And we're going to read from verse 5. I absolutely love these, these verses. It says this, it says, Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah. So walking down from the area of Israel uh, down into the valley, there was like a valley that you had to walk through, and then you would rise up again on the other side. That's the, the, the path that they were walking through to get to this area of Timnah. And behold, a young lion came toward him roaring. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. And although he had nothing in his hands, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. For those of you that have torn a young goat recently, you will know exactly what that scripture means. But he just tore this lion apart with his bare hands through this supernatural strength. I want to talk to you about the strength of God that is available in your life in every moment that you need it, uh, including today. So let's just pray together and we'll get into the story of Samson a little bit today. Father, we thank you so much that we get to be encouraged by the word. Lord, that we get to hear your voice, that your spirit speaks to us. We thank you, Lord, that you are so present, you're so available to us, Lord, and you give us the strength. You are a very present help in times of need. We thank you, God, that your presence is with us today, that you, you encourage us, you strengthen us, you lift us up, and you propel us forward to fulfill your calling on our lives. We thank you, God, for your voice this morning, for your word this morning, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. So for, 20, for, for many people, 2019 was a difficult year. A lot of people faced setbacks, 
faced financial pressure, faced hardships, difficulty in the workplace or difficulty in family or relational issues. And we realize that this is just a part of life. Like if you're alive in this world, you've faced some hardship. If you've, um, if you've walked out into this world, if you've, if you've looked around you, you've seen the difficulty, the brokenness, the hardship, and, and, and it can lead a lot of people to feel completely discouraged as they face hardship. Hardship is part of life. It's something we all face. And the idea that we as Christians are exempt from hardship is a false one. We're not exempt. It rains on the, on the unjust and the just alike. We face the brokenness of people's decisions. We face the brokenness of our own decisions. We face the effects of a world that is corrupted by sin. And we face hardships in this life. And this has been true for all of human history. Since the time of the fall, we've wrestled with what it means to be human and what it means for God to be present, to be present in the midst of our suffering and in the midst of our pain and in the midst of our hardship. And for many of us, it can feel like it's going to overcome us. It's going to overtake us. It's going to be too much for us. We begin to worry about tomorrow. We begin to worry about the next day. Do I have the virtue? Do I have what it takes to be able to fulfill the, the race that God has called me to run? This is a thought that we all struggle with, and in moments we can feel completely overwhelmed. We can feel completely out of our depth, out of our league, like this is, this is too much for me. And we wonder what our end would be. And God wants to speak into that for us. He wants us to be aware of his presence. We see Sam, Samson called as a judge and a judicial and martial leader delivering Israel from oppression. And, you know, Samson was a young, strong, anointed guy uh, who was single, kind of like a lot of our staff at Anchor Church. And, uh, and so he had... Um, you know, seen the talent in his hometown. Um, I don't know if people still use that term talent, but growing up, if I came home from a, you know, a party or, or somewhere, you know, my parents would always say to me, how was the talent? And what they mean by that is how good looking were the, the, the girls at the party? And, um, and, and we see that at church, a lot of people, you know, they come to church a little bit for Jesus, but mostly to see what talent is here. We, we have young people joining Anchor Church uh, often for like a month, and then if nothing works out, they try the next church, all right? At least they're looking in the right places. But this is kind of the situation with Samson here. Samson is, he's scoped out the talent in his own hometown, and he is not impressed by what he's seen. And so he is taking a journey with his parents, which is a little awkward, but he's taking a journey with his parents to the area of Timnah because he wants to find a wife. And so he begins to walk along um, and on this journey, quite a journey, and they walk through this deep valley and everything, um, he feels like his parents are walking a little bit too slowly in front of him. So he takes his own detour. Um, and, and that reminded me of a time when we were hiking in the Drakensberg as a family, and my parents were equally slow. I, I, I feel like my parents were as slow as, as Samson's parents in this story. And so my sister and I decided we were going to walk further ahead and we're just going to walk at our own pace, and we'll all meet up again at the end. And while I was walking on this mountain pass, and we were kilometers from the resort where we were staying, um, I stepped over a puff adder that was lying 
on the path, but it, the grass was kind of overgrown over the path. And so I literally stepped right over it, and this puff adder struck. But fortunately for me, in the early 2000s, baggy cargo pants was a thing. Any of you remember baggy cargo pants? Like, you know, thank God we had all that storage space. Because where would we have kept our stuff if we didn't have like 500 pockets? And so I was fortunately wearing a pair of baggy cargo pants. And as I stepped over, the, the, the snake struck and hit my pants but didn't hit my, my, my leg. And uh, I was, you know, as in that step, like mid-step, as I saw that snake, I jumped about 10 meters with one leg and obviously praised God and said all kinds of amazing things um, to His glory. And so... Um, and so I felt like, I feel like this is the same situation here with Samson. He's walking with his parents. They're a little slow. Uh, he's maybe feeling a little hungry. And so he takes a detour and he decides he's going to walk through one of the vineyards of that valley. And he's walking through the vineyard. He's enjoying the scenery. He's having a, a lovely day out, great hike, perhaps picking some grapes off the vineyards and just enjoying life. And all of a sudden, attack comes. All of a sudden, unexpectedly, He's attacked by a young lion. Isn't that the way that things come against us in our own lives? Like, life never waits for you to be perfectly set up, to have all the virtue, to have all the, you know, equipping that you need, and, and, uh, and, and you know, you're just ready for it, and you're, you're, you've got virtue and strength, and you've, you've had a good night's rest, and you're like, okay, now the attack can come. How many of you know that adversity hardly ever keeps office hours. It doesn't hit you when it's convenient. It doesn't hit you when you're ready for it. It comes at a time when you're not expecting it, when you're enjoying life or when you're, when you're walking through the vineyard, when you're picking the grapes, and all of a sudden it comes at you and it can cause a great sense of anxiety. Samson just enjoying his walk, and here comes a roaring lion straight at him. You know how quick that is? How quickly lions move once they've decided they're coming at you? I once visited an animal rehabilitation center out near Hootsprate, and they would find animals that had been caught in snares or that had been harmed in some way, rehabilitate them and release them back into the wild. And so they really took great care to make sure that these animals weren't you know, domesticated in any way or tamed in any way, and they were as wild as you can get. And we walked along the fence where all these animals were kept. And I remember going through where there was a lioness, a strong, healthy lioness about to be reintroduced into the wild. And everybody stood and looked at her. And I wanted to get a photo, but I wanted to get a photo without the fence in the photo. And so I took my lens and kind of supported it on my hand and hooked this finger into the fence and put my lens just like through one of the holes in the fence and stood there, and you know, you always feel safer when you look through the viewfinder. Like nothing goes wrong through the viewfinder, everything's fine. And I realized at one moment as I was focusing on the shot that the lioness's eyes were now looking at me, and I was like, wow, that's perfect, great shot. But what I didn't realize is now the entire group had moved on, and they were already at the next enclosure, and I'm so focused on this, getting this photo that I didn't even realize it. And as I was standing there in a shot, this lioness charged me and came right up to the fence. And even though I knew there was a fence between me and the lioness, at that point, I wasn't so, uh, so convinced that the fence would help. And, um, and obviously, I got a massive fright just at the, the pace and just how ferocious it is when a lioness decides she's going to come at you. And uh, when I turned around, 
you know, I was shaking a little bit, and I realized everybody had moved along, except there was an old lady who had, you know, not gone that far, and, and she turned around just um, to laugh. And so, uh, and so I, I feel like I had this experience of Samson that, that he's walking along, and in a shot, this lion's coming straight at him, and the attack is on him. The attack has come. How many of you have felt that way this year? Like you weren't ready for it, you weren't prepared for it, you were just going about your business, you were going about your everyday life, and all of a sudden, the attack came. And it leaves us asking questions like, why did God allow the lion to attack? Why, did, why does God allow us to be attacked? Why does He allow saints to be, to be persecuted or to face hardships or to face suffering? Surely we should be exempt from that as God's children. Why does God allow hardship in our life? Verse 6 must be one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Because in verse 6 it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. And although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces. If I think about how quick a lion moves, it's so encouraging to know that the Spirit of God moves even quicker. That the Spirit of God, that His salvation, that His grace, that His presence, that His Spirit, that His ability on your life is always quicker than any kind of attack that can come against you. No matter how quickly it moves, God is there. In fact, He already knew every attack that you would face this year every hardship, every difficulty, every obstacle that you would face this year. And he was already in your tomorrow. He had already prepared you for that moment. And as the attack came against you, he anointed you with his Holy Spirit to stand strong in the midst of that attack. In that moment, Samson finds something supernatural. And he grabs the lion. That, that idea to tear the lion means to grab it by the throat. Can you imagine with your bare hands, some of you are like, I can't even open a jam jar at home, never mind rip a lion to pieces. God is powerful and works powerfully on your behalf. There's a reason why he allows that lion to come at you. Without the lion, you'd never re rely on the spirit. You'd never depend on his grace. You'd never need to press into God in moments where you, where you realize this is bigger than me. Nobody faces a lioness going, no, I think I can take it. I think I can do this, right? In that moment, you realize if God doesn't help me, I'm lost. And so many moments in life feel that way. God allows it because he wants you to know his power, not your own power. He wants you to know the reality of his power, not the delusion of your own. He wants you to know how powerfully he works on your behalf. He wants to show himself true and show himself faithful. This is his way of weaning us off of self-dependence and self-righteousness. We are so deceived in this life. We always think, I can do this. I can take it. I can manage it. I'm fine. We tell ourselves this, but when these kinds of situations come against us, we realize we don't have what it takes and we genuinely need a Savior. So even though the things that you face this year may have been unexpected, 
I want to encourage you today by telling you that what it, they, they haven't been unexpected for God. And whatever you may face in the year that lies ahead, even though you don't know what you will face, God already knows, and He's already made provision for you. The Spirit of God rushed upon him. In the Hebrew, that means to, to, it came upon him in an instant, and it came upon him in a mighty way. All of a sudden, the anointing of the Holy Spirit was on him to face that. Whatever you have faced in 2019, and whatever you will face in 2020, you will not have to face it in your own strength. Without these attacks, we will be fooled into thinking that we could do it on our own. 2 Corinthians 12 actually says something like this, where Paul writes very honestly about his own life and about the hardships that he faced. You know, the book of James, before I get to this next scripture, the book of James actually says, consider it all joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of various kinds. Because the trial that you are facing is busy producing something in you. Until we are complete and mature, lacking nothing. That's literally the description of peace in the Old Testament. Shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken. And so as we are moved through hardship and through trials of various kinds, and we mature in our trust in Jesus, it produces a peace in our lives that our own strength could never have given us. If you're dependent on your own strength, you won't have peace because life is beyond our control. No matter how hard we try to convince ourselves otherwise. But when your, your faith is in who Jesus is, in his faithfulness, you will experience a supernatural peace. So 2 Corinthians 12 verse 7, Paul says, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, in other words, he's saying that if I was so successful in planting churches and leading churches and, and God was speaking to me so powerfully and, and, and using me to, to express the word and to write the scriptures, I could so easily have been deceived into thinking that I was superhuman, into thinking that it was because of my ability, into thinking that it's because I'm such a good Christian, that's why I do so well. And so God allowed him to experience some hardship in order to remind him of his humanity and on his dependence on Jesus, on what grace really is. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that he, it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. How different is this from the world that we live in and the message of our world, which is never show your weakness. Always motivate yourself. You can do it. You know, like all those, those memes and those quotes and those things that are there to get you to believe in what you can do in your own strength. But the gospel is a complete reversal of that. You know why? Because the gospel's true. 
and what it truly estimates is that we don't have what it takes in our own strength. None of us can be successful at life without Jesus. None of us can walk the path that God has called for us without His grace. And so it's such an authentic estimation of humanity. Hey, you can't do it. And so that puts us in a unique position where rather than having to try and front up and pretend that we have what it takes, we can actually boast about the fact that we don't. We can be honest and say, I am weak. I do struggle. I do experience fear or anxiety or stress when I stand in my own strength. But because I have faith in Jesus, I can now boast about my weakness, knowing that whenever I am weak, the Spirit of God rushes upon me. Whenever I face a challenge too great for me, the Spirit of God rushes upon me. In an instant, I'm filled with a power beyond my own power, a virtue beyond my own virtue, a strength beyond my own strength, the grace and the presence of God. And so we have supernatural virtue, supernatural capacity. If you've ever said to yourself, I can't do this, I don't have what it takes, you are both 100% correct and 100% wrong at the same time. You're 100% correct that without Jesus, you can't. But as believers, with the presence of the Holy Spirit, you have limitless capacity. And I feel like God wants us to stop comparing ourselves to others in the world and saying, well, everybody else can only do so much and everybody else can only handle so much and everybody else needs this to survive. We do not need crutches because we have Jesus. We do not need coping mechanisms. We do not need excuses. We do not need to fear. We do not need to walk away. We can boast in our weakness knowing that the power of Christ rests upon us. The Spirit rushes on. With Samson, it was the Old Testament. The Spirit had to rush in the instant. But in the New Testament, Christ rests upon you. He's on your life all of the time. No matter what you're going through, you can actually boast about how difficult it is knowing that Jesus is with you. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses. How many of you feel content with weakness? Come on, it's almost time for our New Year's resolutions, and we're going to look at all the things that we feel like we're not, and we're going to write down this year, I'm going to read more, I'm going to gym more, I'm going to you know, have fun more. I'm going to you're going to write all your things down. But the Bible says that you could actually be content with your own weaknesses. It's so unique. Insults. Somebody insults you, I'm content. That's okay. The insults can come. Hardships. Whatever comes against you, I'm content in the midst of hardship. Persecution. When people out, they, they're dead set against you, they come for you. I'm content. Calamities. Whatever you may face. I have learned to be content, Paul says. In every situation, whether, I, whether I'm in lack or whether I abound, I have learned to be content. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, God wants us to stop relying on our own strength and to trust wholeheartedly in the strength that we have from Him. 
He wants us to experience our limitations so that we can depend on His grace. So that we would realize, like Samson did, I have nothing in my hands. When the lion came, he realized, I have nothing. I have nothing to help me overcome this except the Holy Spirit upon me. Nobody overcomes a lion attack barehanded. But there is a sovereign God who works on our behalf. Judges 14 verse 8 tells us that Samson eventually accomplished his mission of finding a wife. So good on Samson. Some of you are like, I need some tips. Unfortunately, guys, there's only two verses there between Judges 6 and Judges 8, so we're not told how he did it. But after some days, he, he returned to take her. And he remembers. So some time passes, and he remembers that there was a time, there was a really difficult time when the attack came against me, where God gave me victory. And he remembers. I remember that lion that attacked me, and he revisits it. Have you ever gone through a difficult season and some time passes and you, you think back about, because it's so easy to almost forget. But Samson wants to revisit that place where the attack happened. And so he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion and honey. A swarm of bees had, had taken up residence in this carcass and built a hive and had produced something sweet. He scraped it out into his hands and went on eating as he went, which is a little bit savage. <laughs> to just like, oh, here's a dead lion. Let me take some honey, right? But Samson was a bit of a savage guy. And so he went on eating as he went. And as he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them and they ate. It's an amazing thing that happens where God uses the attacks that came against your life and in the victory that He has secured for you through His presence and through the presence of the Holy Spirit, He produces something sweet out of what started as something negative. Something that you felt would overcome you became the thing that fed you became a source of strength to you. And I love the fact that, that Samson walks away eating the sweetness of the very thing that sought to destroy him. But not only that, he was able to take that sweetness and feed it to others as well. It produced strength. The, you know, the scriptures talk about how when you are comforted with the same comfort that you experience in a season of trial, in the future, you will comfort others also. And he is able to take all the goodness and the virtue of this intimacy with God. Samson learned that God was working on his behalf and was able to feed others with that same thing. Judges 14, 14 says, out of the eater, this is so beautiful, out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong, came something sweet. How beautiful is that? I want to tell you today that when you see the eater rush towards you, wanting to devour your life, out of the eater, God will bring something to eat. He will feed you on His grace. And out of the strong, 
the strong attack will come something sweet. God has a way of taking things that are against us and working them together for good. Producing a ministry and an authenticity and an ability in you to not only bless your own life, but to bless others as well. In the book of Genesis, our moment of sin as humanity was plunged into sinfulness, produced a promise. And here in the book of, of Judges with Samson, we see another foretelling, another foreshadowing of the promise that God would fulfill. And Samson was another type of Christ in the fact that he was eventually captured and the strength that God had given him was removed, allowing him to be captured. And he was tortured, and he was mocked in the same way that Jesus was. And in a final showdown, they brought Samson before uh, you know, a room full of the, the Philistine armies and leaders, the people, the, the enemies of God that oppressed the people of God. And Samson, having been robbed of his strength, now stands between two pillars as the foundation of that building. And standing like this, to me, has always been a representation of, the, of Jesus on the cross. And there he stands and he prays to God and he says, God, may your strength rush upon me one more time. May your strength rush upon me so that I can deliver these people. This is a symbol of what Jesus would do as he hung on the cross and ultimately pushed over the foundations of evil. And evil was conquered in that day. Samson ended up destroying more of God's enemies during his death than he ever could during his life. And in the same way, when Jesus died on the cross, he secured the victory. He put Satan and all of his demons to public shame. He defeated death and sin and gave us the victory. And so this really points to what Jesus has done for us. And so now his victory is in our life. 2019 may have been a hard year for you. And you may have faced some more things in 2020. But I want to tell you today that the Spirit of God rests upon you. That Jesus is in your life. And even though we may be hard-pressed, we cannot be destroyed. We cannot be overcome because God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So rather than trying to save yourself, rather become content with your weakness. It's a statement and an act and a declaration of faith saying, I don't need to be everything. I don't need to overcome everything. I don't need to pretend like I've got it all sorted out. I can stand here honestly saying, God, this is too big for me. I can't handle this. I can't take this. But I know that you are with me. I know that your spirit rests upon me, that you are within me. Whatever you face, God's supernatural power will be upon you in the year that lies ahead. In the book of Acts, it said to the disciples, if somebody captures you 
and takes you before the authorities and you are persecuted, do not worry what you will say. Because in that very moment, the Holy Spirit will give you the words. It's as if God doesn't give us the grace before we get there. He wants us to trust. Don't prepare a speech. Don't prepare for it. But when you stand there in that moment, as you open your mouth, the Holy Spirit is present and He speaks through you. And I want to tell you, it's good to make preparations for next year. It's good to set your budgets and have your strategy ready. But don't put your faith in that. Because the attack doesn't come when you're ready. I want you to go into next year believing wholeheartedly that no matter what comes, Jesus has already prepared for that moment and His power will be upon you and it will be sweet to your taste. And with that, God is equipping you to also encourage others. We live in an anxious world, a fearful world, but we have the answer to anxiety and it's the presence of God. And we wanna be a church that is reaching people, that is sharing that news, that is taking the, the, the sweetness of God's victory in our lives that we've experienced personally ourselves. And we wanna take that honey and we wanna walk into this world and we wanna offer it to the hungry. And I say, here we go. You're anxious, you're afraid, you're worried. Eat some of this honey that God produced through the victory of His Spirit. The rush of the Spirit is on your life. I hope that you're encouraged this morning. If you feel like there's too much year at the end of your strength, God has got you. You can boast in your weakness. For when you are weak, then you are strong. Why don't you just stand with me this morning as we pray.